JoeVertigan.com. This is the Mike Randerson uh, series. Uh, this segment in particular dealing uh, with uh, a driver well-known, probably the most popular driver uh, to come out of New London, Wisconsin, the flying farmer, Roger Paul. You had dealings with Roger Paul in the early 70s, Mike. Uh, talk about uh, how it all started for you in the 95. Okay. Interesting story, Joe. So, in the earlier segment, we talked about doing the right thing, about when I built this new Ford Torino to square things with a uh, U.S. oil company. And um, that particular year, uh, 1971, we sold that car for that I had built uh, in January of that year, and then Phyllis and I decided to build a new house. So we built our house in, the, in 1971. And uh, after the house was built, uh, I'm staggering around out there in the garage in January of 1972, and she could see what was on my mind, and so... You missed racing, didn't you? Yeah, I missed racing, <laughs> yeah. Wanted to build another car. And uh, so I called George over at Valley Auto Parts, a good friend of mine. George Seegers was his name. Okay. And... Uh, and George, I told George, I need a 68 Chevelle two-door hardtop. Well, he says, I got one, but it's really hit hard. It was hit right smack in the nose. But um, most of what I needed was there. He had enough part. The front end fenders and all that was was beyond repair. And sure. so was the frame. But the rest of the car from the cowl back, I could save. So anyway, uh, we took the car over to Stan's Auto Body. Which is Stan the Man Gracie Elney, yep. right? Yep. Wow. Uh, in Kimberly there. Yep. And that's where I got Stan's torch and gutted the thing out. And in those days, gutting a car out was a dirty job. Oh, oh I gosh. bet. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> we gutted it out and left all the junk there, and Stan got rid of that for me. And we took the, the body home, and then I got a frame from a place in either Marinette or Menominee, Michigan, a Chevrolet station wagon frame, a 71 Chevrolet wagon. And the the attraction for those things was they had leaf springs under them rather than the coil springs like right. the Chevelle had and stuff. And I was really more acclimated to a leaf spring car at that point in time anyway. So... Um, so just to let the listeners know, you were looking to build a car and just basically sell it. You weren't looking uh, to be a car owner or a crew chief or really anything at this point, correct? That is absolutely correct, Joe. Yeah, we. it was a money, supposedly to make some money sure. to help pay the house down, basically. Right. So, so anyway, um, I bent up the roll cage for it and um, built the car. We had to shorten the frame quite a bit because of the difference in wheelbase between a, an Impala station wagon and a and a Chevelle, but um, so we put the thing together, and when I got it pretty much done, I thought, well, now who am I going to sell it to? And so I advertised it in the Shano Evening Leader newspaper, Sure. and uh, Roger Paul, I think that's where he heard about it, he, he came over, called me, and came over to the house and looked at the car. You had just walked in from uh, a day at the races at the Milwaukee Mile, right, when the phone rang? No, no, this is... Oh, a different time. This is a little bit, this is before then, Joe. Okay. So, so anyway, Roger came over and purchased the car from me, and um, the idea was that he was going to put his own engine in it and paint it himself. Right. So that's the way he took it. It was rolling, and 
you know, the uh, fenders and the hood and all of that. It was, it was a roller. Right. You'd call a roller today. So anyway, um, the guys put the car together. His crew did, and they took it out and they could not keep the engine together. No. Yeah. This went on for quite a while. I did go to the races a few times, and the car had showed promise, but it it, it wouldn't finish. Right. You know? The engine would blow up continuously. Right. So anyway, uh, Phyllis and I had gone to Milwaukee State Fair Park to watch the USAC stock car race on this day. I think it was the Miller 200 we had gone to see. And uh, when we come home, the phone was ringing, and here was Roger Paul on the other end of the phone. And he said, Mike, he said, is there any way I could get you to take care of the car, to crew chief it for me and bring it to the track, and I'll buy whatever kind of engine you think we need. He said, uh, I, all the engines I got are blown up anyway. So, mm -hmm. anyway, um, so... We got a hold of Lynn Blanchard, went over, and we bought a 60-over uh, Blanchard 427 big block for it. Which is pretty common back then. Yes, it was. Yeah. Real good engines in that day. And we brought the engine home, put her in the car, and uh, when we first went out with it, we had a little bit of teething problems, but not very many. And This uh, was the brown 95, right? Black and red. Oh, black and red one, yep. yep. Black and red uh, Chevelle. It had Big John's Restaurant on the quarter panel? Yeah, and Hork's Grocery. Yes, yep, yeah. okay. Hork was his father-in-law. Okay, actually. Yeah. gotcha. Was, that was Karen's father had that grocery store in Clintonville. But anyway, um, once we got diet, you know, we got communicating together, I mean, he was unbeatable in that car. Oh, man. And, uh, <laughs> you know... I was so blessed, Joe. When Roger Paul came along, um, I really thought my crew chief days and were pretty much over with. Sure. And, you know. Um, but anyway, uh, the success we had—I mean, from from about the third race that we were together out to the rest of the season. I don't know how many features we won, but lots of them. So and, now, did you guys do the? the the Shano Seymour de Pere half mile dirt circuit? Yep, that's what we did. Those did you run any pavement at Kakana at that time? We did. We brought the car to Kakana one time, but we were not prepared for it. Sure. We ran just so so in the red, white, and blue series. And I think we just ran the blue race, if my memory serves me right. Sure. But, uh, anyway, Roger Paul is, uh, you know, I can't say enough good about him and. His, and the crew he had. Sure. He had a guy by the name of Keith Surprise, Corky they call him. Cork Surprise, yep. who ended up racing his car for a year when he yes. was busy tending to the farm. Yep. And there was another guy they call him Snapper. His name was Gary Knapp. Okay. Those two guys came along as they were Roger's friends. And so along with the crew I had, I had a guy helping me by the name of Tom Schmidt. Okay. And Tom Schmidt was a son to one of the founders of Schmidt Oil Company. Sure. And Tom went on to be the CEO of U.S. Oil for many years. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, small world. Huh? It, it really <laughs> is. But uh, did you guys ever venture out with that car that Roger drove uh, to any other tracks? Okay. I know there was always a special at Wausau usually every year yeah. that was kind of a big deal. We did not go to any of them specials, Joe, but we did go 
to the World 100 with that car. What year was this, 71 or that 72? Would have been 72 World 100. And uh, it was $10,000 to win. Which, which back then was a lot of money. Oh, Joe. That was. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, the guy that won the very first... This was the second time they ran the World 100. The sure. Year, the first year was the year before. And a guy by the name of Bruce Gould had won it. Sure. In Hallman and Moody, Torino. Okay. Yeah. But anyway, uh, we went to... This is an interesting story. Ripley again, you know. Yeah. So we go to Eldora and practice... And Roger really looks pretty good. Sure. And in those days, they took the fast 24 cars. Right. And so there's like 100 and some cars in the pits. So Roger goes out and qualifies, and they announce his time. And the time was fast enough to put him in the fast 24. Sure. So we thought, we're in the feature, no problem. Okay. Guess what happened, Joe? I don't know. They confused number 95, Roger Paul with number 95, Ed Sanger. You gotta be kidding me. No. Oh no. no. So we did not, they put us in the, one of the first heats. Roger ran away from the heat race. You could see he didn't belong in it. Sure, you know? oh but, no. Um, they wanted us to run the Concy, but Roger refused. He says, I'm not gonna run the Concy. Oh, so. so he just ran the heat and that was it? That was it, one heat. But no, there were no did. transponders or anything back then. No. I mean, it was... Right. Well, it was... Yeah. How does that one compare to Jerry Smith uh, <laughs> losing or the race that he technically won uh, in Ohio? Uh, what was his bigger disappointment for you to, to watch? <laughs> well, the Jerry Smith thing, in retrospect, was a bigger deal. Sure. Because Jerry would have been the first, the first ever rookie to win in his rookie start in a usac and, race yeah, no doubt yeah. so did you guys just load up after the heat race and come back uh we watched the rest of the races then. were there any other wisconsin drivers in no, the field no, you guys were, were at huh we were the only wisconsin car there yeah wow the old car guys and stuff had not heard about the race at that point in time lots of cars from michigan and ohio and indiana sure like that pennsylvania and what have you yeah Thanks for the history lesson on uh, Roger Paul. I did not know that he had, you guys had traveled to the World 100 way back then. Yeah, yeah. it was uh, quite a trip. I guess <laughs> so. Way. Yeah.